What are we discussing on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast? Which D-backs player is next up for a contract extension? And which D-backs pitching prospect has been dazzling everyone so far? Taking a look at some spring training notes as we enter the first round of Cactus League games. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, mymyportfolio.com. On there, you can see all of my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe to Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube. We are slowly approaching 1,000 subscribers. I want to hit that mark before opening day, so please hit subscribe to Locked on Diamondbacks on YouTube. And today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, today's podcast, we got a whole bunch I want to talk to you guys about. Got a lot of notes from spring cha- uh, from spring training we need to discuss, like Tommy Henry being the opener, which D-backs pitching prospect is dazzling and blowing everyone away so far. Geraldo Perdomo named the starting shortstop and so much more. But before we get into that conversation, I want to do a little fun conversation on which D-backs player might be next in line for a contract extension because when you look at the books for the Arizona Dimebacks, there's not a lot of long-term commitment. And so I want to know who's going to be the next D-backs player that gets that Corbin Carroll contract if you're a youngster or do you get like a five six year deal like would the D-backs give out a Marte level contract to one of their older you know veterans you know maybe someone in their prime but on the later side of 20 right not not your Corbin Carroll who's 21 years old getting a fat contract extension but maybe someone 28 29 getting a five six year deal so who is eligible for those kind of contracts on this D-backs team? That is what I want to decide today because when you look at uh, the Diamondbacks payroll on Spotrack, you look at the year-by-year breakdown, very, very clean books for the D-backs. There's only three players who are on non-arbitration deals in 2027. That is Quetzal Marte, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Corbin Carroll. Lord Guriel does have a club option in 2027, but the rest of the team will either be, you know, free agents, I don't know where they'll be, or they'll be under arbitration. And so there's only three players, three and a half players, depending on how you feel with the option with Lords Guriel with Lords Guriel that have guaranteed contracts for the D-backs over the next few seasons. So I want to know 
Who's going to be the next guy to get that contract extension? Because we talk a lot about cores on this podcast. Who is the D-backs core? Who are the D-backs building blocks? And so I want to decide who that is by doing this exercise to figure out who should be next in line to get a contract extension by the D-backs. So there's there's four players that I have written down that I think are most likely to get an extension of at least three years by this D-backs team, either this season or over the next couple of years. The first guy I want to discuss is a Christian Walker, who is obviously on this list because he's a pending free agent at the end of the season, but there's other pending free agents for the D-backs that I'm not going to talk about, like a Eugenio Suarez, who has a club option, I think, for the end of this season. But For Eugenio Suarez, he's not someone that I'm particularly focused on in terms of contract extension. I think the D-backs could either move off of him, go in another direction. I don't think that really matters too much the fabric and identity of this team. But a guy like Christian Walker, who's been there for quite some time, he's got that D-backs DNA. He's been there through the downs. He's been there through the ups. I think he's someone that really matters to this D-backs organization. And being a pending free agent at the end of the season... Big question mark as to what the D-backs are going to do with his contract. He's currently 33 years old, so we're not looking at a five, six, seven-year deal for Christian Walker, but for someone that is looking to win his third gold glove this year, for someone that has been a 30-home run masher the past two seasons, been able to drive in over 100 guys last year, he's got the defense, he's got the power, career-high 11 stolen bases last year. Christian Walker is a really, really good player. Is he a superstar? No, he's not. But he is a valuable player to a ball club with playoff aspirations for this season and a team that wants to build a sustainable winner for the next few years. So what kind of Christian Walker, what kind of deal would Christian Walker want? What kind of deal are the D-backs willing to give him? Big question, but a two or three year deal I think would be perfect for Christian Walker. I think 12 to $15 million would be perfect as well. And if it was like a two-year, $40 million deal or like two-year, $36 million, I don't think I would be upset with that at all. So twelve to $18 million a year for two or three years I think would be a fine deal for Christian Walker. Another guy, another pending free agent, but someone that I think is important to this D-backs future, Paul Sewald, and it's because the D-backs just haven't been able to find a good closer in recent memory. Since I've taken over the podcast in 2020, I would say closing games has been the biggest issue for this D-backs team, and trading for Paul Sewald at last year's trade deadline was a revelation. He was shaky at times throughout the regular season, but when you look at his game log, save, 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 save. It looks like you have a stutter, like you're stuck on repeat because he got so many saves in the second half of the D-backs. And then outside of that game one World Series against the Texas Rangers, Paul Seawald was absolutely nails in the postseason. So if Seawald goes out there and has himself a great year this season for the D-backs, I think he's a dark horse to lead the National League in saves. I'm not saying Paul Seawald's going to garner $20 million a year for the next three to four years, but the D-backs would have to decide is he worth 10 to 12 million for two to three more years i think that would be a reasonable conversation to have a three-year 30 million dollar deal for 
uh, for a Paul Seawald or maybe the same deal that you gave a Mark Melanson, but with a little bit more money, considering he was a lot older when he came over to Arizona, I wouldn't mind that at all. I think Seawald is important to this D-backs team going forward because the bullpen, it's just always a point of contention with this D-backs team. We love Kevin Ginkle, but do we want to move Kevin Ginkle to the closer role if Seawald leaves? I think Kevin Ginkle could do it, but I'd rather have both Kevin Ginkle and Paul Seawald. So Seawald is definitely going to be a guy that's in line for a contract uh, for a new contract at the end of the season. And if he performs well, I think the D-backs would be very happy to negotiate a new contract for Paul Seawald. Uh, another player that is not 30 years old, actually in the middle of his prime, but on the wrong side of 25, Zach Gallen. He has this year of arbitration and the next year of arbitration, and then he is done. So the question is for the D-backs, as a guy who's going to be about 30 years old when arbitration is done, and we all know pitchers are not great investments as they enter their 30s what are the d-backs going to do would it actually just be smarter for the d-backs to like sign gallon to a contract extension right now when he's still like 28 years old and pay him until he's like 33 34 maybe that's a smarter move to do i don't know but i think the d-backs will ride out this arbitration with zach gallon then i think they will have to have a tough conversation and i think ultimately they will give zach gallon a pretty nice contract but i wouldn't do the zach granke six for 200 million i would try to do three four years give him like an like give him like an erod deal now he's worth more than erod so if it's like four for a hundred I think I would be pretty okay with that. Like a J.D. Martinez, four for like 110 or something like that when he signed with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I don't rem- that I mean, those numbers could be completely wrong. I don't remember exactly what J.D. Martinez signed for with the Boston Red Sox. But if it's like 25 to 27 a year over a four, over a three or four year period for Zach Gallen, I would not be upset at all. Zach Gallen has been a stud since coming over to Arizona. I know pitchers are not great investments, you know, once they turn 30, but... We've seen with like a Merrill Kelly and a Clay Kershaw. You can be very, very good as a mid-30s pitcher. I mean, the Scherzers and the Verlanders are still going. So maybe Gallon can be another one of those aging veterans that are still good at age 37, can still be a number one starter for you. Hopefully, Zach Gallon is another one of those guys, one of those LeBron-esque figures, Tom Brady-esque figures that just seem to be ageless wonders like the Verlanders, like the Scherzers. If Zach Allen can be one of those guys, then yeah, you're definitely giving him a contract extension, even if he's 30 years old. There's one more player that I think is eligible for a new D-backs contract, but we're going to save him for segment number two. But if you think the D-backs are going to the World Series in 2024, then why not place a little futures bet down on FanDuel Sportsbook because... One second. There we go. Had to get the overlay up for the YouTube audience. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 of bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. My favorite thing to do is the same-game parlay. Whenever the Lakers are playing, I like to take AD over in points, AD over in rebounds, and then I like to take the Lakers money line as the dirt as the third leg of the parlay. Now, the parlay doesn't always hit, but it has been 
more recently, and I love seeing money hit my account. So if you want to see him, if you want to see money hit your account, please visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. If you like the show, please follow me on Twitter at CareerThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, I said I had one more player that I want to discuss as a potential contract extension, and this is someone that would be more along the lines of Corbin Carroll, a guy who's super young that you could potentially get a bargain for with a long-term deal. I'm talking about... Gabriel Moreno, catcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I want to know if we can get a deal done that helps out both sides. A Corbin Carroll S deal where Gabriel Moreno gets more money up front, but the total deal ends up being a bargain in contrast to his talent and the other salaries at his position. Now, the thing is with Moreno, he won't be a free agent until he's 29. So, He will likely be one of the best catchers throughout his 20s, and all that will be pretty cost-controlled, pretty cost-effective under arbitration. And also, catcher is a position that you don't want to give a big payday to when they're turning 30 years old, right? It's a position that ages kind of quickly. So in theory, you could have the best years of Gabriel Moreno and then let him go when he turns 30 because you don't want to pay him after that. But I think for the D-backs, it would actually be smarter if they gave him a long-term deal right now that may pay him until he's like 31, 32. Pay him until he's like, uh, pay him throughout his entirety of his prime until his early 30s. And then after that, hopefully you can do short-term deals with Gabriel Moreno where it's like a two-year contract here, a three-year contract, or maybe one-year deals after this massive payday. I also think for Gabriel Moreno, you're more likely to stay after the age of 30 if you already were well compensated throughout your 20s. And if you give Moreno this contract extension right now, you pay him until he's 31, 32, you pay him for his best years, you feel like he was adequately paid, you don't feel bad about it, right? It's not like most times when a team uses all the juice of a player, he hits free agency, and now it's like they're too old to get that contract extension despite never getting paid throughout his career. At least in this scenario, you could pay Moreno for what he's worth throughout his 20s and even into his early 30s. And then after that, if you're like, you know what, at 31, 32, it's not a smart investment to give him another contract, then you could let him walk. At least you feel good knowing he was paid what he was worth throughout his throughout his prime. So for Moreno... I would love to get a contract done sooner rather than later because I don't think you want to let the arbitration process play out and then you decide at age 28, hey, now do I want to give him a six-year deal? Hey, now at age 29, do I want to do it? Let's do it now. Let's pay him until he's 31, 32. And then after that, either do a short-term deal or you know what, just wipe your hands clean and you say, you know what, I got the best years out of Gabriel Moreno. I'm okay letting him walk in free agency. Now let's look at some notes from camp as we enter our first wave of spring training games. 
Tommy Henry will be starting in the game one spring training opener. This was supposed to be Eduardo Rodriguez, but he was scratched, and now we're getting Tommy Henry to debut instead. And to be honest, I prefer this because Tommy Henry has a lot more to prove in spring training than Eduardo Rodriguez does. Tommy Henry is someone that is coming off surgery, missed the last few months of last season, and he was pretty effective last year. I think most D-backs fans were pretty surprised with the output and performance of Tommy Henry last year, and now he comes into spring training battling for the number five spot in the rotation. He has the inside track on that number five spot, and for him, he just has to have himself a pretty solid spring training, and he will be the last spot in the rotation for Tommy Henry in this game. Because he's coming off injury, I want to know how his velocity looks on his pitches and the spin on his pitches. Just like how do the pitches look coming out of his hands. I don't need him to go out there and, you know, get nine strikeouts in three innings, you know. But I do want his pitches to look good coming out of his hands. And I also want to see him feel confident with what he's throwing. I want to look at his demeanor. For me, a lot of spring training is just about the vibes and how you feel about yourself with what you're doing out there. It's not always about the, you know, the results in terms of the box score, how many hits you gave up. Sometimes just like, did that curveball break the way I wanted to? Did that fastball have the speed and the movement that I wanted to? If Tommy Henry feels good in his stuff after his spring training start, then I will be very, very happy. And then behind Tommy Henry, it looks like the starting infield will be playing as well. We will get to see the newbie Eugenio Suarez at third base. Our starting shortstop, Geraldo Perdomo, Ketel Marte at second, and then, of course, Christian Walker at first. I am definitely going to be locked in on Suarez at third base. I want to see how he moves over there. I want to see how fluid he is because Suarez, I mean, the numbers say he's a solid defender, not someone that's elite, but maybe slightly above average. And listen, just anytime I've watched him on tape, highlights, whatever, he looks like a thick boy, okay? He looks like, you know, I, I'm not saying he's fat or anything like that, but Suarez got a little weight on him, right? That's where all that power comes from. So if he's over there manning third base, like, I want to know how well he moves. He's listed at 5'11", 213. So that's a little thickums right there. So for Suarez, compared to Evan Longoria, I want to see how fluid he is. How does he move over there? Like, Longoria was a statue, right? Still played solid defense, but... He, he's not getting to balls as quickly. He's not going to dive and put his body on the line as much. Suarez, a lot younger, 32 years old. So I want to know how much more athleticism he has in his tank as, as you know, compared to Evan Longoria. And I'm also going to be watching him at the plate. Is he going to strike out three times in three plate appearances in his spring training game? I'm also going to be watching Geraldo Perdomo because... He's someone that I want to see how his plate discipline is. Was really good at plate discipline last year drawing walks. Can he do it again for the D-backs this season? Those are going to be the two biggest guys that I watch from the starting infield this spring training. I want to see the kind of pitches that they take, the kind of pitches that they swing at, all that stuff. So as the D-backs are entering their first spring training game, I'm definitely keeping a close eye on Tommy Henry Eugenio Suarez, and Gerardo Perdomo. Now, we're going to be talking about a couple more notes from spring training, like Perdomo being named the starting shortstop, him having a stranglehold on that position, 
And when is the next time we're going to see Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly this spring training? We'll talk about all that in segment number three. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Backblaze because Backblaze makes backing up and accessing your data astonishingly easy. Unlimited cloud backup for Mac, PCs, and businesses for just $99 a year. Easily protect business data through a centrally managed admin. Protect all the data on your machines automatically. Easy to deploy across multiple workstations with various deployment options. Restore by mail. Hard drive with all your data shipped to your door. One-year file retention and version history. Over 55 billion files are stored for customers. Visit backblaze.com slash MLB so they know where you came from and continue to support the show. Receive a fully featured, no-risk free trial at backblaze.com slash MLB. Go there, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Start today, backblaze.com slash MLB. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Let's wrap it up with a couple more notes from spring training. Gerardo Perdomo looks like he has the stranglehold on the starting shortstop position. Tori Lovello said said that Gerardo Perdomo will be the starting shortstop for around 140-ish games this season. So If you're a Jordan Lawler truther who thought he was potentially going to win the job this spring training or thought it was going to maybe be a halvesy split job right down the middle between him and Perdomo, uh, you're wrong. It's going to be Domo getting a lot majority share of the shortstop position this year, around 140 games. But that doesn't mean Jordan Lawler won't have his opportunity. Like we talked about on yesterday's podcast, Mike Hazen has talked a lot about getting him work early in the season and I think he will be doing a lot of platooning with a Geraldo Perdomo there will even be times where Lawler plays with Domo where maybe he plays shortstop and then Domo plays a little third base so I think we will see that pairing together at times I don't think it will always be often but I think we will see them together at times Geraldo Perdomo had himself a breakout season last year so it's not a surprise that he was named the starting shortstop and he should be because he's currently the best shortstop on the D-backs roster he's coming off a season where he had a really good walk rate 12% walk rate last year for the D-backs he led the league in sacrifice hits really tough at the plate really tough to strike out and more importantly the dude was absolutely clutch for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You look at his numbers with runners in scoring position, clutchest guy on the team last year, 313 average, 948 OPS, and 96 at-bats. Came through repeatedly in the clutch for the D-backs. Had 16 stolen bases. Half of them came with, run- with runners in scoring position. So, Gerardo Perdomo coming off a massive season. Hopefully, he can do it again for the D-backs this year. And if he can even improve on what he did last year, Gerardo Perdomo might be going back to the All-Star game. When should we expect to see Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly again? Not for a while. It's looking like March 1st for Zach Gallen and March 8th for Merrill Kelly. And I'm fine with that being the case. 
Both of them had pretty large workloads the last season. These are two true workhorses where if they're both healthy this year, they're both going to pitch over 200 innings for the D-backs this year. Both of them um, are pitching late. Uh, so both of them are pitching so late this spring training because of the workload that they have this year. And then a guy like Zach Gallen, he's someone that has been pitching throughout the majority of the offseason. So the D-backs don't want to overwork him in spring training, but he's also someone that wants to get the work in. That's why he's pitching March 1st as opposed to Merrill Kelly. Because if you're like, wait, Zach Gallon's already pitching the whole offseason, then why is he pitching before Merrill Kelly? Because it's just the way that both of those guys are going about their training. Gallon is someone that has wanted to be in the lab since the end of the season, and he's someone that wants to get back out there as soon as possible. Merrill Kelly is someone that has wanted to take a little bit more time off from the season, let his arm recuperate a little bit more. Like Merrill Kelly is a few years older than a Zach Gallon. So Kelly, a little bit later, with his workouts, with his training program. So that's why he's starting a little bit later in spring training as well. Zach Gallon has been working from day one of the off season. So I think both of those approaches are fine. I don't have a problem with either of them. If Zach Gallon wants to work on things throughout the whole off season while Merrill Kelly wants to recover, I don't care. As long as both of those guys are 100% by the start of the season, that's the only thing that matters to me. They are truly one of the best one-two punches, if not the best one-two punch in the National League. Some people might think I'm crazy, but again, go look at their numbers from start to finish last year with the D-backs. Go, go watch those games. Go see how they matched up against some of the best pitchers in the postseason last year. Those two guys are absolutely studs, and that's one of the best duos of any rotation in Major League Baseball. Who's been the pitching prospect that has been dazzling everyone in BP this spring training? Yu Min Lin, non-roster invite, 20 years old, but apparently he dazzled in his BP uh, this past week. He was striking out Moreno, Corbin Carroll, Jake McCarthy, I think even Jock Peterson. Moreno had some very strong comments for Yu Min Lin, saying his fastball looked better than what it was recorded at, said it had movement, said it had good rising action. Uh, he was apparently dominating the zone, according to Jock Peterson, his curveball it was spinning. Apparently, Yu Min Lin looked really good. For a guy that's still really young and raw, we don't even know if he's going to start the season in double-A or triple-A, but wherever he starts, if he continues to pitch like this, he might earn himself a cup of coffee with the D-backs at the end of this season. If not, Yu Min Lin looks like a guy that will be on the D-backs next season because he already is coming off a pretty strong minor league year and if he can replicate his success once again this year in the minors I don't see why the D-backs wouldn't try to call him up as you know potential long reliever maybe he ends up being the number five starter if Tommy Henry doesn't work out this year like I don't know what the situation has to be but Yuman Lin is definitely a guy to keep on your radar over the next couple of seasons and then finally to wrap up the podcast Kevin Ginkle is back, and he's out there throwing a BP. A little worried about Kevin Ginkle because he came into camp with a little elbow soreness. They shut him down for a little bit. X-rays were good. Imaging came back good. Kevin Ginkle is a full go for the D-backs this year. He is so critical and so important to this D-backs team because 
If Paul Seawall goes down, Kevin Ginkle can step up as the closer this year if the D-backs need him to. And when Paul Seawall is healthy, Kevin Ginkle is going to be one of the best setup men in Major League Baseball. Nasty one-two punch in your eighth and ninth inning that the D-backs have. So Kevin Ginkle has to be healthy and has to be at 100% for the D-backs to be good this year. And I'm glad to see him back and healthy at D-back spring training. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We'll definitely be talking about the first wave of spring training games, so be on the lookout for that. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Now says.